0: Good morning, dear ones. It's Shiloh Sophia, and today I want to talk about the link between pain and pleasure. It's curious because this topic is super dear to my heart, and yet all morning when I've been getting ready to press the record button, I just feel these tears on this feeling in my stomach and I just keep waiting to press the button for the feeling to pass but I decided to go ahead and just be with you where I am and hope that I can reach you where you are and just to be in this feeling it's a it's a big feeling and there's a lot going on behind it that I'm going to unpack a little bit here But this episode is definitely for my community to understand why I put such an emphasis on the pain and pleasure connection. So I'm just going to start with breathing with you. And I invite you to do the same. (sighs) Let's just land here together. In this super hot topic. You've likely heard me speak before on how pleasure is a choice and pain is inevitable in some ways. And my question for us is how much is each one of us pursuing and focusing on pleasure now pleasure is not just an antidote to pain but it is one of the ways we can learn to train our body to navigate pain. What I'm really curious about is how much in our culture we've been taught to accept pain and suffering but not to invite pleasure. Pleasure. According to an article in nature.com, pain and pleasure share a common neurobiology. So I'm going to make a case for what I'm about to share with you. This is a quote from the abstract. Pain and pleasure are powerful motivators of behavior and have historically been considered opposite. Emerging evidence from the pain and reward research fields points to extensive similarities in the anatomical substrates of painful and pleasant sensations. Recent molecular imaging and animal studies have demonstrated the important role of the opioid and dopamine systems in modulating both pain and pleasure. Understanding the mutually inhibitory effects that pain and reward processing have on each other and the neural mechanisms that underpin such modulation is important for alleviating unnecessary suffering and improving well-being. So let's just start there. I love starting with a little bit of the science, right? A little bit of the idea of what we're capable of, what we might not be paying attention to. Today's invitation is to invite more pleasure consciously and intentionally into your life, especially as we move toward the turning of the cycle into the new calendar year. It is very popular for us to make new agreements. And I am a fan of it. And whenever the numbers change, I mean, we're going to be going from 23 to 24. It's a big deal to change the numbers, even if it was created in an arbitrary kind of way. So how are you going to shift and invite more pleasure in 24? Is it something that you've considered that's important to you to discover and get to know what matters to you, what lights you up and what turns you on and what calls you forward? Many of you who are in my community often comment to me that you see me working a lot and you sometimes worry about me and I love that you love me and I love you too but I have to tell you the truth I am not a workaholic I am very generative and I have a lot of energy and a lot of ideas and a ridiculous amount of stamina but I have that for a reason and I do not work at night almost ever And I haven't ever, unless I'm working on a creative project for me or having an all-night painting jag. I also reserve the mornings for my own creativity, which sometimes includes podcasts and often includes drawing. The first couple hours in the morning is mine, which is why I often get up at 4 o'clock. So I spend literally hours per day doing what I feel called to do. In my perfect world, I barely have appointments that start before 11, sometimes 10. And I try to complete my day around 4. And we often book a lunch period in there. And I exercise every day. I also play, pay really close attention to my sleep. And nurture my sleeping rituals, and my waking rituals, and my bathing rituals. And all of this is a luxury. But all of this is also a choice. And it's a choice that's been with me since the beginning of my life. Because of my two mamas, Karen and Sue, were deeply into an experience of pleasure. What I mean by pleasure is time spent out of time. And a huge part of this pleasure practice is centered around cafe. Now if you've been with us for a while, you know that cafe is a huge part of the culture here at Musea. Cafe is what we do in my household every single day including if we're on the run or going to the airport, including if we have a super early day. We stop, we have tea or coffee, and we spend a minimum of a half an hour and most often one hour. So if you imagine that I have creative time in the morning, I have cafe with my loved ones, I then work, And then I exercise, and then I work, and then I have a lunch break, and then I complete, and then I have the evenings. You can see that the entire day is actually punctuated by pausing, by pleasure, and by honoring the deep listenings that my body has. At this point, I can tell when a real blue mood is starting to come on because I can sense it in my chemistry. And I'll go to the journal and I'll process. I won't deny it. I'll allow it to move through like a wave, but I'll turn toward it. I still have health challenges that I navigate. I can feel the most subtle beginning of an inflammation spark instead of a spike. An inflammation spark. And I can tend to it. In fact, right now I was about to go into one. And I immediately shifted food, rest, pleasure, and awareness and have stopped the spark from sparking. I'm planning to take three days off before the new year so that I can tune in and listen and allow myself to move into a state of restful, conscious pleasure I do the coherence meditation, which allows me to align all my systems, and one of the big pleasure things that I do for me is also for you, which is to communicate with you and be present with you and nurture our community together. Communicating with you about what matters in the culture of connection that we're creating is a huge part of my own practice because I love you and I want to be with you, and I'm here to provide encouragement for the journey and to offer a path of practice that includes pleasure, but it also includes rigor. Pleasure includes rigor. Now, there's pleasure that's spontaneous, and I love that. When you're getting into hot water, spontaneous pleasure. First sip of coffee. Spontaneous pleasure. The stroke on your arm from your lover, Spontaneous pleasure. And yet, each one of those pleasures is necessitated by an intention to choose that pleasure. Every year, I begin the year for the past, since 17, I guess. Um, Oh no, even earlier than that, if we go back to Red Madonna... I start the year inviting the community to join me for a year-long or nine-month or six-month practice where we're going to work specifically with painting and intentional creativity to bring ourselves more pleasure and to practice. And so this year, our practice is called Temple. It is a three-month course, and it is designed to activate pleasure with an emphasis on being an artist and an emphasis on painting and writing with the emphasis on erotica. And by erotica, I don't just mean sexuality and self-pleasure. I literally mean activating the erogenous zones within the body so that we can forge a new relationship between pain and pleasure. And when we are in a an unnecessary pain, we can activate pleasure by choice because we've been practicing. Now, if you're in a cycle of either physical, emotional, spiritual, psychosomatic, whatever the cause of pain is, if you don't have access to the pleasure practice, then the opportunity to activate it when you really need it the most is missing. And so we are embarking on a 90-day practice To invoke pleasure. And it feels emotional to me because I work with thousands of women who, in their experience with me and in this community, they tell me that this is the time that they've experienced the most conscious pleasure through through self-expression, through the pausing of cafe, Through the listening of the messages, through the doing of the work, through connecting with the community, we are a high pleasure center place. That doesn't mean we don't do the deep dive and dive into the pain. We do. You know that. But it does mean that we are emphasizing each person's capacity to catalyze endorphins, anandamide. And the feeling of that cascade of flow that can be initiated by you. And in order for the flow of pleasure to be initiated by you, there has to be a building of trust. And for there to be trust, there has to be a relationship between the physical body and the spirit. And that repair is part of what we're going to be painting and writing about. There does need to be a repair because when we have a pain, an introduction of pain, often in order to protect ourselves, we separate the spirit and the soma. I recently had an experience of both physical and emotional pain that felt extremely intense and it was also somewhat irrational for a few hours where I wasn't able to get a hold of the pleasure practice. And as usual, as I was in it, I was like, oh my goddess, Like this is what people experience. I don't experience it as much because I'm deep in my practice. But this is what happens when you can't get a hold of a feeling to initiate a change. You can't get to it because you're in um, an escalated, State of both emotional and for some of us, physical inflammation, whether that's a pre existing condition or your body is just like surging with um, stress hormones and chemistry, and you don't know how to initiate that next level of inducing pleasure by choice to help you navigate the part of the suffering that is unnecessary. Some parts of it are necessary, we want to feel. What we don't want is to be taken out by it. What we don't want is to act irrationally, externally with others. What we don't want is to spiral out and not be able to get back into a place of being centered. So I did several things. One, talked to a friend. Two, got in the hot tub. Three, went swimming. Four, did a drawing. All of those things were able to bring me back into a state And I was pretty amazed at how far out I got. And I'm pretty amazed because I am deeply rigorous about my pain pleasure practice. But it inspired me even more for the work we're going to be doing together in Temple, the Artist Erotic. And then to share with those of you who are not journeying with us the significance and importance of a pleasure practice for you. So if you're coming to Temple, perfect We're going to spend 90 days working on this together every single day. I have a 90-day practice for us that is going to rock your relationship with personal practice in regards to pleasure. For those of you who are not joining us, the invitation is still here to make a conscious decision for how you're going to create pleasure for yourself in this coming cycle as a way to navigate the pain and pleasure relationship. It is a choice, beloveds. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about the biology of the pain pleasure link because I just, you know, to me the mystery of the body and the spirit is so inspiring but it causes me to look at the science. So I'm going to read a little bit from an article in the BBC and it's called why pain feels good and here we go the link between pain i'm sorry the link between pleasure and pain is deeply rooted in our biology for start all pain causes the central nervous system to release endorphins proteins which act to block pain and work in a similar way to opiates such as morphine to induce feelings of euphoria. Now I'm going to talk about uh, the runner's high for a moment just so that you can understand how significant this is and then also to see how intentional creativity does at times catalyze deep emotional pain, which can trigger some physical pain And then it releases bliss as well. So we're going to use the running story. So bursts of intense exertion release lactic acid, which is a byproduct of the breakdown of glucose when oxygen is in short supply. The acid irritates pain receptors in the muscles, and these communicate their plight to the brain through electrical messages sent through the spinal cord the signals are interpreted as a burning sensation in the legs, usually causing the runner maybe to slow down or stop. That is until the nervous system control center, the hippocampus kicks in. This seahorse-shaped portion of the brain responds to pain signals by ordering the production of the body's own narcotics, endorphins. The proteins bind to opioid receptors in the brain and prevent the release of chemicals involved in the transmission of pain signals. So this helps block the pains, but endorphins go further because they stimulate the brain's limbic and prefrontal regions. And these are the same areas activated by passionate love affairs and music. I'm going to add creativity. It's a post-pain rush similar to the high of morphine or heroin, which also bind the brain's opioid receptors. Meanwhile, the pain of intense exercise also causes a spike in another of the body's painkillers, anandamide. Anandamide is known as the bliss chemical. It binds to the cannabinoid receptors in the brain to block pain signals and induce warm, fuzzy pleasure, emulated at times by marijuana, which binds to the same receptors. Adrenaline, also produced in response to pain, adds to the excitement by raising the athlete's heart rate. Burning legs are thought to discourage overexertion, while the runner's hay may have enabled our ancestors ancestors, to endure the pain of a marathon hunt. More generally, the pleasurable post-pain push is thought to have evolved to help people cope in the immediate aftermath of an injury. So we know that the body is designed to help us navigate pain. But how often do we induce it not through the creation of an extreme stress on the body by choosing it consciously? And so part of our path of practice here at Musea is to consciously choose to induce pleasure, not just in reaction to pain but so that we can practice it so that when we need it, it is actually available to us. And there is the autonomic response where the body's just doing it for you in the case of the story of the runner's high. But the one that I am here to teach and to bring and to invite is the one where pleasure is a conscious choice. And if you look at what you want to create In the coming months, is pleasure one of the things that you are committed to creating? What will that mean for you? Will that mean a creative practice? Will that mean an increase in caring for your body? Will that mean a shift in your relationship to food? Will that mean a shift in your relationship to how you're being with your sexual pleasure? Will that mean bringing a heightened awareness to what Audre Lord calls the uses the of the erotic? It's not just in sex. Will it mean an increase in paying attention to sensuality? Will it mean more snuggle time? What pleasure are you calling in as you move into your 2024? I'm really excited that I'm going to be journeying with many of you, over 100 women, with this experience rooted deeply in awakening sensuality. And in preparation for that, these next three days for me are a fast of sorts. I'm fasting from alcohol, red meat, sugar. I'm fasting from work. I'm also, also fasting from sex, and I am fasting from media. And the fasting for me not only decreases the inflammation response, but gets me really present as we begin our 90-day journey. So anyone who feels called to join me, uh, there's a way that paring down and tuning deeply in Then when you reintroduce pleasure, there's a way that you're more awake to it. And so the extraction of seeming pleasure points actually allows you to awaken and appreciate and move into more present pleasure, right? If you ever have gone on an experience with food, for example, where you fasted and then you ate food again, It gives the whole sensual system a break and you're like, wow, that feels so good. That tastes so different. So our 90 day practice is going to be rooted in a couple of different things. One is gratitude. We're going to flood ourselves with gratitude. And then we're also going to practice a lot of really honest release. And then we're also going to practice the bringing in of eroticism through painting and writing and through conversation. So Thank you for tuning in today to this Power of Pleasure episode. And I look forward to journeying with you. And I am going quiet for a few days. And I will see you in the new year. Much love to each one of you. I'm breathing with you now. I'm sending you a a real hug. Maybe you could feel it. Maybe you could tune into the pleasure of feeling my love. And maybe you could even feel a hug. Biophotons are life light. And I'm generating biophotons of life light. And if you choose, you can feel them right where you are. I love you all. I truly do. Thank you, Mother Life that we all found each other. I remember you. Do you remember me?